want to say good evening to everybody. Shout out to everybody who uh, decided to come through. Um, man, let me tell you, I really need to hire, I do need to hire a, like a producer who can help me when I'm, you know, working on these types of stories because listen, there's a lot that goes into this, okay? It's not even just the 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 fact of the story itself it's the promoting and getting the word out that the story is taking place and you know so yeah sorry i'm a few minutes late but uh i was on instagram advertising also on on uh, facebook advertising letting everyone know hey you may want to come through because 
This is a story that um, everyone needs to be aware about. And surprisingly to me, not so many people know about this story. Okay. Now, um, this story, uh, this story of Brandon McClellan is a story that I have been following since it happened. Okay. Uh, Brandon McClellan and myself, we happen to be from the same area. Okay. Um, now, I want to say first, before I even get started, that tonight you are going to hear some exclusive audio of basically the Paris, Texas police chief admitting that he knows who the murderer is that killed Brandon McClellan. And we will get into the details of what happened. But yes, I do have this uh, secret exclusive audio and I'm going to play it for you. I'm going to expose it because I want it to be exposed. Um, and this isn't really the first time, honestly, that I've played this before, but it's been a few years and I think that it's long fucking overdue. Okay. Ever. So, um, I want to go ahead and get started and, um, um, Let's get started on what happened here, okay? This is a story that I hope will, you know, people will um, uh, take some roots into this. Yes, it is an older story, but the murderers are still walking free. Now, we're talking about a Jasper-style dragging. Hey, Janet. Hey, Gloria. All right, I'm going to hold off on announcements for right now. We're going to get right on into the story, uh, you know, with uh, Brandon McClellan. Um, now, James Bird, as many of you are aware, was dragged to death, okay? Um, the murderers who uh, did this to him, okay, um, you know, there's been execution, executions happening, basically, right? But not in Brandon's case, okay? Now, let's talk about what happened, all right? Uh, before we get into uh, the details, and I've got some photos to show you, including photos of the crime scene, and I also have this exclusive audio, which is going to probably touch your heart, okay? Now, <clears throat> Brandon McClellan also known as Big Boy. Uh, he was born in 84, passed away in, on September 16th, 2008, a black man who was dragged to death like James Byrd was in Jasper, Texas. His death sparked racial controversy in the city of Paris, Texas, um, where Paris, Texas has been known uh, for its racial climate. Um, again, uh, I went to school for a period of time in Paris, Texas, very familiar with that area. I grew up in a little town, uh, you know, uh, east of Paris, uh, but still, that whole area down there, extremely racist, and if you're a young black man, I would advise you not to live there. Uh, I have a classmate 
right now who's doing a 99-year prison sentence, first offense, first offender. He was only 17 years old, and the judge gave him a 99-year sentence for hitting a man with a vacuum cleaner, okay? I've watched, a while, I've watched a lot of men get lost in the system fucking with Lamar County and Red River County, okay? Now listen. On September 16th, 2008, Brandon was killed when he was hit and run over by a vehicle, then dragged beneath it. And yes, blood, um, human tissue, all of that was found not only underneath the truck, but it was found even where the engine area is, okay? Again, this happened in 2008. We're talking 14 years ago. Now, Brandon had been with two white men, Paris, Texas residents, who they don't like me too much. They cuss me out any chance they get, but that's okay. Shannon Finley and Charles Ryan Crossley, both of whom have had long criminal histories. Matter of fact, one of them has been to prison for murder before he killed Brandon. Okay. Now, these men have long criminal histories with Shannon Finley being accused by the victim's family of having ties to white supremacist groups. And I'll go out on a venture and say, yeah, that is absolutely true. Not only did the KKK show up to this court hearing for these two white men in Paris, Texas, there was plenty of white supremacist groups that showed up that were standing outside the courthouse causing nothing but issue protesting for these two white men. Now, Brandon McClellan had apparently known Shannon Finley and Charles Crossley since they were all children. And the two white men in McClellan were considered to be friends and had been working together earlier that evening hanging sheet rock, right? You know, you're not good enough to be their friends, but when they need your help, right? Hey, Emmanuel, good to have you here. This will be a story that I know you'll have interest in. Now, the investigation that was done by Paris, Texas police was absolutely inept. It was horrible. Uh, it was, uh, you know, beyond horrible, okay? By the time they even impounded the truck that was used to murder, to drag this man to death, just like in the situation with James Bird, right? There were signs that it had already been washed. But despite this, Police found blood and other physical evidence on the undercarriage of the truck, and the blood was identified as belonging to McClellan. DNA, baby, okay? Now, the police affidavit for Shannon Finley's arrest alleged that Brandon McClellan was walking in front of the truck when Finley ran him down and dragged him at least 40 feet until his body popped out from underneath the chassis. Now, I want you guys to know something. I have been to this area. Um, by the way, shout out to Brother Jesse Muhammad. He was also there. He covered this story. Um, and I, I've been there. 
And we're talking about in the middle of nowhere. All right. This was the middle of the night. Literally, the location where this happened is in the middle of nowhere. Okay. So there, it already calls his story into question. Now, Shannon Finley's estranged wife and another of his friends has said that the defendants told them that after an argument about who was sober enough to drive, Brandon McClellan got out and Shannon Finley bumped him with the truck until knocking him over. He then drove over him and then dragged his body under the truck. The two men were charged with killing McClellan and both subsequently pled not guilty. But listen to this. The prosecutor, D.A. Gary Young, cited a lack of evidence in dropping murder charges in June 2009, and these two men were released to the streets. No, they didn't even let a jury make that decision, okay? They didn't even let a jury make the decision. The district attorney of Lamar County, D.A., Gary Young, literally dropped the murder charges. It is unbelievable, okay? Now, I do want to put out a call to the, to the wife of Shannon Finley or the girlfriend or, or whatever she was at that time, the estranged wife. Um, and anyone, any friends of Shannon Finley or any friends of Charles Crossley or girlfriends of Charles Crossley, especially those that were there at that time. If you are, if you're willing to speak to me, I will literally change your voice and everything. I would love it if you could email me at tips at leakyou.com. I will disguise your voice. And um, I will in no way, um, um, I mean, they, they would have to kill me, okay? And they still wouldn't get your identity. So I want to let that be known, okay? And so I'm going to put this email address on the screen, tips at leakyou.com. If you want to talk about what you were told that night or what you know of what happened to Brandon McClelland, Please reach out to me, and I promise you I will keep you anonymous. And again, any conversations that we have, I will absolutely modify your voice, and we will ensure that your identity is not disclosed. Now, Brandon's mother, Jacqueline McClellan, beautiful woman. I've met her a few times, and... A video you're going to see tonight, which is most important in which I have, I was able to get audio of the police chief of Paris, Texas, admitting, okay, what we all know, that these two murdered Brandon, okay? And Jacqueline passed away not too long ago, all right, a few years back. However, I was able to go visit Jacqueline in the nursing home that she was in, and I was able to play this audio for her. And she went to her deathbed. She went to her grave knowing the truth. 
And that's one thing I can say I'm very proud of. And it's not a proudness of like that. It's just that I'm happy I was able to to give this woman the information. This is a this is this was his mother. She deserved to know the truth, and I'm glad I was able to provide that to her. Now, um, as Jacqueline McClellan said, Brandon's mother, justice has not been served for Brandon. She said this shortly after the release of Finley and Crossley. She said, until I get some justice for my son, it is not over by a long shot. We plan to get U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder to investigate the handling of this case. Now, I want to give a special shout out to Brenda Cherry, um, activist, uh, fantastic woman, beautiful woman, um, uh, she is a, a tremendous uh, person, a great friend of mine. Um, you know, I haven't spoken to her in a minute. I need to give her a call and see how she's doing. But I'm sure she'll see this video. Um, but I just want to give a special shout out to Brenda Cherry because Brenda Cherry, who is the president of the local civil rights organization for concerned citizens for racial equality, who also helped in the case of Shaquanda Cotton, who was given seven years in prison for pushing a hall monitor in Paris, Texas. Okay. I just want to give a special shout out to her. And I want to thank her for all of the work that she does. She works tirelessly. I have been to her home. I have seen the massive amounts of information that this woman uh, ha you know, has on various different cases. Um, I hope that she will one day uh, take it, put a lot of it in digital form, just in case, you know. Um, and if she ever needs help doing that, uh, Brenda, just reach out, let me know. The number's still the same, and I'd be more than happy to help you get all that stuff digital, in digital form, basically. Because I'm telling you, Brenda Cherry has so much information, it's ridiculous, okay? But she is the person that you go to in East Texas when there is an issue involving race. She is an activist. She is very, she is quite well known in that community, okay? Like she said, quote, we know it was not investigated properly and we want an agency outside of Texas to come in and investigate this, end quote. Keep in mind, this happened in 2008, Local activists in Paris, Texas, and others throughout the nation have been dismayed by the fact that these charges were even dismissed in the first place. These men should have went to trial. Let a jury decide. But somehow, an old racist Paris, where an old racist Paris, Texas, where they're still finding nooses, okay, in workplaces like Campbell's Soup and Kimberly Clark. And some of the other factories there, yes, there's a lot of racist activity going on even still. There's huge lawsuits on every major company and factory in Paris, Texas. We're talking about people going into the restroom, seeing nooses hanging there. This is happening. It's 2022. And that was the last case that I worked with Brenda on um, and so I'm sure there'll be more, unfortunately, but I want you to hear even more of these details. Okay. 
We got more details from Brandon's mother than we did from the police. Okay. Now, not only was she dismayed by the dismissal of charges, she you know, would like to see this incident charged as a hate crime. We all would. Now, the, you know, at the crime scene, this is what Jacqueline told the world. At the crime scene, these boys went back, okay, after running him over and then poured beer on her son's body. Two beer cans were lying out there, but the police, they didn't even pick them up. They just left evidence out there. And I actually have photos of this. They left evidence out there, a lot of evidence, actually. Um, Paris, Texas police aren't even considering the fact that this is a racial issue. But that's how it is in Paris. The simmering racial tensions have been inflamed by outside activists, according to some residents. Even a protest at the courthouse in November 2008 featured members of the new Black Panther Party, the Nation of Islam, the Concerned Citizens for Racial Equality on one side, that's Brenda Cherry's group, while white hecklers, including the KKK, the Aryan Nation, and other white supremacists waved their Bibles, and they gathered on the other side. Now, Brandon McClellan's death has also been covered by journalist Howard Witt of the Chicago Tribune, Newsweek, the New York Times, and numerous other national media agencies. But somehow, this, the, you know, somehow this just keeps going. This keeps going. And I don't understand. I don't understand why this is even still happening in 2022. <laughs> now, I don't think this is, yeah, that video doesn't work. The video's on private. Okay, I'm going to show you a few photos, okay, before we get to the important video that you all, you all need to see. Um, and again, um, give me just one second here. Okay. All right. Okay. Now, um, additional information that I want to make you aware of. Okay. Now, as you all know, James Bird Jr., who was murdered brutally in Jasper, Texas, after being chained to a truck by three white men who then dragged him for over three miles. I just don't understand how the authorities in Paris, Texas, don't see this the same way. A grand jury in Paris, Texas, had returned first-degree murder indictments against Shannon Finley and Charles Crossley. But somehow... Somehow, the district attorney, Gary, district attorney, Gary Young, got these charges dismissed. Shannon Finley was also indicted for evidence tampering for attempting to wash Brandon McClellan's blood from the undercarriage of the vehicle and for pouring beer onto Brandon's body after the dragging. Charles Crossley was also indicted for retaliating against a witness in the case. Remember that Brandon's body was found lying in the middle of a very remote 
farm to market road in Lamar County. And I want to show you some photos that I personally took some of these and some of these uh, came from other sources. Okay. Again, please email tips at leaky.com. If you have any information on this case, again, your identity will be kept anonymous. And I promise you that to the death of me. Now, let me show you some photos. This is my website. I've been, um, I first wrote an article on this uh, when it happened. So what, 14 years ago or so? I'll have to go back and look. There's a link to uh, one of the articles. Okay, I'm going to make this larger. That is uh, uh, Shannon and Charles. Okay. Give me a sec here. And what I'll do is open a new tab. And I'm going to have to change that logo now that I've uh, modified all my uh, graphic arts. I'm going to have to change that. Uh, but give me a second here because there's... Uh, and here's the crazy thing. Shannon Finley was in was in prison for the murder, for another murder, okay? For another freaking murder. Um, give me a second. Let me open these photos up, okay? Let me put them in a new tab. And then we'll get to the video, okay? And these are important photos that you want to see. Um, I ask anyone... Please, if you want to uh, use the site uh, as a source, feel free. Uh, I'm not stingy like that. Just please provide credit back. I would appreciate it. Now, this is the road. This is where it happened, okay? This is the farm-to-market road. And this is where... This is where Brandon was dragged he was not only hit, but he was dragged. He was hit, ran over, and then dragged underneath the undercarriage of this pickup truck on this road. Okay? You can tell. I mean, there's there's literally barely any paint around anything. I mean, the police did a piss-poor job. It, it makes me wonder, what friends do these men have? Now, this is at the courthouse, Okay? in Paris, Texas, where KKK members came out to protest for their white friends who were being accused of dragging Brandon to death. Okay? Now, this is, uh, this is Mrs. Uh, McClellan, okay? She's with, uh, I believe he is with the Nation of Islam he uh, uh, was a figure, I can't remember his name, please forgive me, um, but he was there to comfort her, okay? Um, and I mean, I was there through all this. These were the shirts that were made, and basically, I took this photo, um, I think I took this photo, but this is at the location, at the road where this incident happened, okay? And in please share this video guys you know this is real content and i know you guys love 
you know, content where y'all are yelling at each other and cursing each other out and screaming at each other and stuff. But this is actual real content. And these men have still not paid their debts or their dues for this murder. So maybe we can get something to, to happen. There is no statute of limitations on murder, people. Okay? Now, this is Jacqueline. This is her holding her son's photo. All right. Now, isn't that beautiful? Look at that. This is a photo taken outside the courthouse of a KKK member, a proud KKK member named Rock Banks. Okay. There to protest the fact that these two white men were arrested for the murder of Brandon McClellan. All right, Jesse, Jesse Muhammad took this photo. Shout out to Jesse Muhammad. I think he's down in Houston. Um, he was a, um, a fixed figure in this case. Uh, he, he was there through it all. Uh, Jesse, uh, you know, um, was, I mean, pretty much each, you know, he was out there where it happened. Uh, there was a whole lot going on, um, you know, over like a, a few day period. But Jesse Muhammad was definitely ingrained in this case. He is a trusted source of information. I can tell you that just personally, just because I'm just telling you. He, he, this is Jacqueline and her family. Okay. This was taken a day after Brandon was murdered. All right, now, something else that's very disturbing, and again, shout out to Jesse Muhammad on this, but you see this photo, right? Witnesses were out there picking up pieces of Brandon's body from the road. They didn't even get, not only did they not get all of the evidence, they also left portions of Brandon's body right there where the murder happened. And I never said this out loud when Jacqueline was alive. But now that she has passed, I will say it out loud, but she knew it. It's just not something you want to say, you know, because you don't, you know, it's like you don't want to say that over and over. I just, you know, that that was his mother. But they, as you can see, are picking up pieces of Brandon's body, Okay. Harris, Texas. Now, there's Brandon McClellan. Okay. And there is another shot of Brandon McClellan. Okay. Now, um, give me just a sec. Now, um, the extreme violence to Brandon's body and rumors that Shannon Finley was a member of a white supremacist prison gang shook many who called for this incident to be treated as a hate crime. An autopsy report signed by 10 medical examiners of the Dallas Southwestern Institute of Forensic Science stated that, quote, 
Initial investigations suggested that the blunt force injuries sustained were the result of an accidental hit and run. However, additional investigation and developments in the case indicate that the decedent was intentionally run over with a truck. The report further states, quote, Therefore, based upon the autopsy findings and the history available to us, it is our opinion that Brandon Demon, I'm sorry, Brandon Demon McClellan, a 24-year-old black male, died as a result of blunt force injuries. Also, the manner of death declared by the examiners is homicide. I had the opportunity to review the postmortem report on the body and the majority of his brain was absent from the body at the time it was examined, stated Dr. Joy Carter, a forensic pathology consultant. Pieces of the body that were coming up, that were being picked up, was pieces of his brain. Hey, Dolly, good to see you, babe. Um, now, so all this is going on, right? And, you know, DA Gary, District Attorney Gary Young, who's been under fire for racist things before, especially like in the Shaquanda Cotton case. Shout out to Shaquanda Cotton. Okay. Um, but a new prosecutor ends up getting appointed to the case. But it didn't do shit. All right. Toby Shook. Uh, was his name. Now, Lamar County DA Gary Young, he came under fire from many for statements he made stating that the killing did not appear to be a hate crime due to friendship ties between the victim, Brandon, and the accused killers, Shannon and Charles. Mr. Young also had previously represented Shannon Finley on another case for murder four years prior. Did you hear me? The district attorney, Gary Young, who dismissed the murder charges against Shannon Finley and Charles Crossley, the same district attorney had represented Shannon Finley on a murder case, a completely different murder case, four years prior. He defended Shannon Finley in a different murder case four years prior, then turns around and dismisses the murder charges against Shannon and Charles for the murder of Brandon McClellan. The special prosecutor, Toby Shook, who took over from District Attorney Gary Young, stated at the time that he elected not to present potential hate crime charges and that under Texas law, such charges would not result in any enhancement. However, many wanted hate crime charges brought against these men. In the previous case, listen to this, Shannon Finley was charged in the fatal shooting of a friend. This was the same case in which Brandon McClellan, who was killed, was charged with perjury for providing a false alibi for Shannon Finley's whereabouts. Both of the men served time in prison. So you hear you hear that, right? So basically, <clears throat> so basically Shannon, who had been charged in shooting a different person four years prior, okay. Brandon McClellan, who he killed, allegedly, 
was actually charged with perjury and went to prison because he provided a false alibi for Shannon's whereabouts. Yet here we are four years later, and Shannon then kills Brandon, allegedly, of course. Now, note that just because these two men may have been friends, it does not mean that a hate crime was not committed. Now, Toby Shook is known for trying the Texas 7, a group of prisoners who escaped from the John B. Connolly unit near Kennedy, Texas, back in 2000, okay? They were apprehended a little more than a month later as a direct result of the television show America's Most Wanted. Shout out to John Walsh. Now, let's talk about these drop charges. So, Shannon Finley and Charge Crossley were released from jail on a Thursday afternoon only months after being charged in Brandon's death. The special prosecutor, Toby Shook, was granted a motion to dismiss the case. The prosecution stated that the case was hampered by a lack of eyewitnesses and physical evidence. Then, some gravel truck driver gives a sworn statement in the case acknowledging that he might have accidentally run over Brandon McClellan's body. Well, his body was in the middle of the road in that area. It is extremely dark. Okay, like I said, it's in the middle of nowhere, right? Doesn't mean that Brandon wasn't dead on that road before that gravel truck driver came. Okay, now, when they were released... No restrictions were even placed on their on them, okay? They were released from jail, and the gravel truck driver did not face any charges either. Toby Shook later said, quote, After investigation, it has been determined this case should be dismissed in the interest of justice. The decision is about the state of the evidence in the case as it exists today. Well, um, Mr. Shook, I hope you get this. If someone knows who Toby Shook is, make sure you send them a copy of this video because I got some additional evidence. So how's that going to sit? Huh? I got more evidence and it proves, and it's basically your, their Paris, Texas police chief admitting to me, okay, that they know exactly who killed Brandon McClellan. Now, why were they even together that night? Um, apparently, these three friends, Shannon Finley, Charles Crossley, and Brandon McClellan, drove across the Oklahoma border to buy beer. They argued on the way back home about whether Shannon Finley was too drunk to drive. Shannon Finley has stated that he would not let anyone else drive his truck. After a heated argument, Brandon McClellan got out of the car to walk home and then was fatally struck, ran over, and dragged by that pickup truck. After Brandon's death, Shannon Finley left for town for Kansas. He was arrested there in Kansas and extradited back here to Texas, which has led many to say he went on the run and he was fleeing after the crime was committed. It's obvious, right? Mr. Finley states he went to Kansas to clear his head after Brandon's death and that he feared for his safety. Okay. 
Now, if you're not familiar with that area, um, you know, in Red River, Lamar County, you, okay, you can't buy beer in Lamar County. You got to go, well, can't, no, get, hold on, because there's wet counties, dry counties. Needless to say, you'd either have to go to Anona to get your drink, or if it's too late and Anona's closed, you're going to have to go to Oklahoma. You're going to have to get over that border if you want alcohol late at night, okay? Now, these charges against these two men, again, eventually dropped to the surprise of many. It just seems impossible that something so obvious like the death of Brandon McClellan would end in charges being dropped for these two men, okay? Now, Shannon Finley eventually went on with his life and was given a 17-year prison sentence for driving while intoxicated back in 2010. Uh, we are still waiting information on Charles Crossley. Um, he's he is um, Charles Crossley. He's kept a low profile. Okay, um, and here's the killer part. Okay, Charles. Uh, I'm sorry, Shannon Finley and Charles Crossley. They even filed lawsuits against Lamar County for defamation, false imprisonment, and malicious prosecution. Just um, just unfucking believable. Okay. Unfucking believable, these two. So, um, anyway, uh, like I said, there is several articles um, here. Give me a second. Hold on. There's several articles on my website. You can just go to leaky.com um, and uh, you can just do a search. I've got a search bar and, um, you know, uh, definitely go through and and read through some of these articles. I also talk about exposing racism in the Clarksville area, uh, which is another town I'm very quite familiar with. Uh, went to school there as well, um, you know. And um, again, here's another photo of white supremacists standing outside the courthouse in Paris, Texas. Uh, when Charles Crossley and Shannon Finley were arrested. So this is a series that I've been writing uh, for years. Um, uh, I don't know if I have the date on this one. Yeah, I wrote this five years ago. So um, <clears throat> now this is important information before I play this secret audio um, that's explosive. Okay, the audio I'm about to play is pretty fucking explosive, and it is an exclusive, okay? Um, now, um, again, as I was telling you, Shannon, in 2013, okay, Shannon Finley and Charles Ryan Crossley actually sued Lamar County and law personnel for false arrest, malicious prosecution, and wrongful imprisonment. During this suit, official court documents were released, which are absolutely explosive, to say the least, and gives us quite a vivid picture of what possibly happened that night to Brandon. We are calling Shannon Finley and Charles Crossley the accused, as they have not been convicted of this crime at this time. We hope that with new interest in this case, that will change. And I'm hoping there will this live will generate some new interest in this case. Now, 
I want to say before you continue to read this article to those that spoke with Ryan and Shannon about what happened that night, it is time to clear your conscience. It is time to do the right thing before you meet your maker. Please email me, tips at leakyou.com. I will keep your identity anonymous. And any communications with the leakyou.com mail server are completely encrypted. Now, I contacted the Lamar County Sheriff's Office on May the 2nd, um, five years ago, and guess what they told me? They told me that the Brandon McClellan case was closed. And I'm like, how can that be? You didn't prosecute these two, right, for murder. You didn't prosecute them. Um, There's no statute of limitations on murder. So why is it closed? There's been no convictions. <laughs> no one is investigating. No resources are being manned on this case. There are so many unsolved murders in that part of Texas. Let me tell you. And I also want to put out there to, to you know, to uh, others. I know there's a lot of unsolved murders in the Paris, Texas area, um, the Red River County, Lamar County area. If there is a case that you would like for me to cover, please email me tips at leakyou.com. All right. Now, um, on September 15, 2008, as I was saying, Shannon, Brandon, uh, and uh, Shannon and Brandon were installing sheetrock together for a man in Paris, Texas. These were the additional details that I was able to get, right? After work, they picked up their friend Ryan Crossley, bought beer, drove to another friend's house nearby, and started drinking. Once there, all three drank beer, smoked marijuana. At some point in the evening, McClellan and Finley also took Xanax, right? Because they could not purchase alcohol in Texas after midnight, at some time in the early morning of September 16th, all three left and drove in Finley's Dodge Dakota to Oklahoma to purchase more pier, taking Highway 271, 271. On the return trip, the group drove slowly and only on back roads because the transmission in Finley's truck was malfunctioning. But typically in the country like that, we like to drive on those back roads because, you know, it's fun. But nothing to do with this, but I'm just speaking in general. I was literally just down in the country a few weeks ago and uh, for um, a block party, so to speak. And, yeah, it, it, there, you know, a lot goes down on them country roads, baby, let me tell you. <laughs> um, but generally not murder, okay? Now. Um, while they were traveling on one of these country roads, McClellan and Crossley began arguing with Finley about whether he was too intoxicated to drive, tried to convince him that either McClellan or Crossley should drive instead. When Finley refused, McClellan continued to argue with him. Now remember, Brandon McClellan did prison time on a perjury charge for lying for Shannon Finley, Okay for another murder that he had committed four years prior, right? All right. So Finley eventually told McClellan that if he preferred not to ride with him, he could just get out of the truck. 
McClellan then exited the truck. And I think this was around 3 to 4 o'clock in the morning, by the way, when this happened. Um, and Finley and Crassley drove away. After about a mile, Crassley suggested they go back and retrieve McClellan. Finley agreed, turned the truck around. When they found McClellan walking along the side of the road on which they had left him, he again refused to ride with Finley. McClellan took two beers from the truck and continued walking. At some point that night, Crossley vomited in the front seat and out the front passenger window down the side of the truck. Crossley and Finley ultimately returned to Finley's apartment without further interaction with McClellan. Sometime around 4.20 p.m., I'm sorry, 4.20 a.m., McClellan, now walking along FM 2648, was struck and killed, okay? Um, I, you know, struck, ran over, dragged, okay? But then they tried to come in and say that a semi-trailer truck driver named Gary Clark was the one that struck and killed him. But I'm convinced Brandon McClellan was dead on that highway, okay, period, before semi-trailer truck uh, driver Gary Clark even came along. Keep in mind, blood and DNA, human tissue that belonged to Brandon McClellan was found underneath the undercarriage of Shannon Finley's truck. So how did it get there if he didn't somehow strike and, and injure or kill Mr. McClellan? Okay, period. 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 Now, again, this article was written five years ago, uh, but we're almost done and we're going to get to this exclusive audio here that you all need to hear. All right. Around the time of the accident, Brandon Smith and Clint Franschauer, two friends driving on FM 2648, and that is the farm-to-market road where this happened, okay? They were in separate cars. They passed an 18-wheeler coming the opposite direction that was allegedly driving over the speed limit and partly over the center dividing line. Moments after passing the truck, they came upon McClellan's body in the road. They then pulled over and called 911. Smith later told authorities that McClellan's body was still emitting steam when they arrived. Two other witnesses also attested to passing a truck similar to Clark's shortly before passing McClellan's body in the road. By the way, I'm going to drop a link uh, to this uh, <clears throat> article that I wrote uh, titled Exposing Racism in East Texas. Now, um, DPS Officer Keel, DPS Sergeant James Kane, Lamar County Investigator Joe Tuttle, and Lamar County Sheriff's Deputy Tom Barr were all dispatched to the scene. Tuttle recorded the witnesses' statements. DPS Sergeant Chris Brooks arrived at the accident sometime close to 5 a.m. after the witnesses had left. The officers at the scene noted that McClellan, who weighed 284 pounds at the time of his death, had been severely injured by this impact. He suffered a complete fracture of his pelvis, blunt head trauma so serious that brain matter was found on the highway, 
And again, as I as we talked earlier, uh, there was little to no brain matter left. Okay, it was sitting on the side of the road. Again, uh, the laceration of his legs, approximately thirteen inches above the heel. No debris from any vehicle was found at the accident site. But let me remind you, his blood, human tissue, pieces of his body were found in the undercarriage of Shannon Finley's truck. So if Shannon did not hit Brandon McClellan, how is it that there that his DNA and blood and human tissue was found there? And where is that truck now? See, now all the evidence is gone, right? Now, later in the morning of September 16th, a DPS officer, Keel, met with members of Brandon McClellan's family to deliver the news of his death. Jacqueline McClellan, Brandon's mother, informed Keel that McClellan had been with Crossley and Finley the night before and gave him their telephone numbers. Keel called Crossley and Finley and asked them to come to the Paris DPS office. When they arrived... Keel obtained a written statement from Finley, while another officer simultaneously obtained a statement from Crossley. Both statements contained accounts of the argument between Finley and his passengers, and neither suggested that Crossley and Finley saw McClellan at any point after they drove away the second time. After Crossley and Finley left, Keel called Finley again to ask him to bring his truck into the DPS office, which Finley did. At some point before Finley brought in his truck, Finley and Crossley cleaned the vomit out of the area in front of the front passenger seat. But it is unclear whether this occurred before or after they were first contacted by DPS personnel. Keel and Kane examined the truck and noticed no significant damage to the truck's body. Photographs of the truck indicate there was no observable damage to the bumper, hood, or windshield. Keel noted that a part of the truck looked like it had been washed, but not very well. Then they turned around and released the truck right back to him. <laughs> right back to him. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Listen to this. The next evening, on September 17th, Crossley and Finley were visited by two acquaintances, Trey Laster and Josh Newkirk. Laster had been arrested earlier in 2008 for injuring Finley in a fight. When they arrived at Finley's apartment, Laster and Newkirk made statements suggesting they were seeking vengeance for McClellan's death and wished to harm Finley and Crossley. Crossley, as well as an elderly neighbor who could hear the argument, each made 911 calls to report that Laster and Newkirk were trying to kill Finley. The next day, on September 18th, Keel interviewed Lisa Denefield, the mother of Finley's estranged wife, Ashley Finley, who stated that her daughter had information about McClellan's death. Keel then interviewed Ashley Finley, who said that she had spoken with Newkirk, who said that he had talked to Crossley, and that Crossley had told him he had been in Finley's truck when Finley ran over Brandon McClellan and killed him. 
Ashley also stated that she had been told Finley had washed his truck at a car wash in Powderly, Texas after the incident. That afternoon, either Kane or Kill reviewed videotape from the car wash Ashley Finley identified. but found no indication in the footage that the car wash had been visited by a Dodge Dakota. So was it a Dodge Dakota or a Toyota Tundra that possibly dragged Brandon to his death? The same day, Billy Pillars, a Paris police officer on patrol at the time, was flagged down by Laster, who said that he had information about the events of the night of September 15th through 16th. Laster stated that Finley had told him about fighting with McClellan and that Finley had admitted to running McClellan over. Laster claimed that the vehicle in question was actually not a Dodge Dakota at all. It was a Toyota Tundra. Pillars provided an incident report to Brooks, who had been briefed on the investigation that day by Keel. That evening, on September 18th, Ranger Stacy McNeil also began working on the, invest the investigation. After he and Brooks were briefed, they went to Crossley's residence and asked him to come into the Paris police station to give another interview. Crossley agreed and gave an account consistent with his September 16th statement. Keel prepared an affidavit for a search warrant to allow the investigators to search Finley's truck, which was signed by a magistrate later that evening. On September 20th, McNeil and Brooks executed this search warrant, and guess what? They located Finley's Toyota Tundra truck in a field on Finley's father's property. So originally, he took the wrong truck in, to be examined by those DPS officers. But they found the real truck on his daddy's property. And guess what? They noticed that the carpet on the floorboard was wet, that the water was draining from the drain plugs. McNeil and Brooks had the vehicle towed to a garage where they put it on a lift to inspect the undercarriage. And using a hemostics test, they identified two areas on the truck where the presence of human blood could not be ruled out. Matter of fact, they tested positive. The samples were sent to the DPS crime lab three days later for a conclusive determination of whether human blood was present. So then what happens? Shannon Finley leaves Texas immediately. He went on the run. He went on the run. While they were still reviewing the truck at Finley's father's residence, Menil and Brooks interviewed Finley's father, who stated that he had moved Finley's truck to the field because Finley had been receiving threats related to McClellan's death. And Finley's father was concerned that if people saw his truck at the residence, they would believe Finley was also there. Finley's father also said that Finley had left Paris to stay with friends in Kansas because he feared for his safety, but that he would willingly return if the authorities needed to talk to him. So let's get this right. You took in a fake truck 
you've lied. Hey, Timothy, you took in a fake truck, you've lied, okay? Then you take off and go on the run to Kansas? Ain't that something? Finley's father also provided Finley's contact information to the detectives. And on, on September 23rd, McNeil called Finley's father regarding Finley's whereabouts. Finley's father told him the name of the family friend in Kansas with whom Finley was staying. And that while he could not remember Finley's telephone number, it had been provided to Tuttle. McNeil called Tuttle and successfully obtained Finley's phone number. Now, on September 22nd, McNeil and Brooks interviewed Laster at the Paris Police Department. Laster said that Newkirk had told him that Crossley and Finley had dragged Brandon McClellan under Finley's truck and killed him, and that Crossley had said he did not remember very much about the events of that night. Laster also stated that he and Newkirk had gone to Finley's apartment on September 17th, where Laster spoke to Finley while Newkirk spoke to Crossley. He said Finley had told him that Finley and Crossley dragged Brandon McClellan under the truck for 30 to 40 feet, and that McClellan's body was messy, but also that they had not meant to kill him. Laster stated that Finley had told him he washed his truck after the incident. During the interview, the topic of Laster's January 2008 arrest for assaulting Finley was discussed. Brooks and McNeil apparently laughed when Laster mentioned having knocked out Finley's teeth. Unbelievable, right? Cause of death was ruled a homicide, okay? And this didn't even happen until October. Then they get indicted, okay? Then witnesses start changing state, uh, state, uh, changing their statements, and the charges against Finley and Crossley are dropped. Then they turn around and sue Lamar County and several police officers. So I dropped a link. For you guys, okay, um, to take a look at, you know, to take a look at this. Um, and it's time to show you this video, okay? It's time. Um, I've never showed this video publicly. Um, and so we are going to let this go as it is. I will not be interrupting unless I need to. I need you to understand that uh, this is me visiting Jacqueline McClellan, Brandon's mother, uh, in a nursing home. She was um, sick at, the, at this time. She was getting sicker. But um, about a month after this video was filmed, Mrs. McClellan passed away but she passed away knowing the truth. Let's go. There we go. All right, we've started recording now. Oh, and, and let me just say, this is Jacqueline, this is me, and then Brenda Cherry is also there with us. Close the door here. Do I need to move? Oh, no, you're fine. Uh, you are just fine. I'm going to thank uh I'm 
expensive. Hold that thought. Let me see if I can, um, <clears throat> you know, get past the adjustment. And, uh, Hold on. The phone rung. Hold that thought. And let me see if I can. And uh, it was my stepdad on the phone. And he said. All right. I'm going to change this. Hopefully we can stop buffering. Yeah, he said. All right. He said. thought we will get it, y'all. Let me, ref let me refresh here. And I appreciate your patience, guys. Thank you. Hey, Timothy. I do appreciate your patience. Thank you. My baby home. You called Charles. All right. I think we're in business now. As you can see, I'm recording with one phone, and I've got another camera recording, so I have two All copies right. of this. But anyway, here we go. Brenda's like, uh-uh, I ain't doing that. And listen, before I play this video, because I know that there's some of you watching me right now that are in Paris, Texas, some of you that know these two men, Shannon and Charles, and you know the truth. Again, please email me, tips at leaky.com. And please put yourself in this woman's position. Put yourself in this woman's position. You have a mother, right? Do you have children? Are you a mother? Do the right thing. Not today, not today. <laughs> You know, that ain't nothing but the devil trying to stop this uh, from playing, huh? Let me, uh, let me lower the quality a bit here. Maybe we can get a, a better response here. Hold on. Ain't nothing but the devil. So y'all just bear with me here. I appreciate you. All right, so here we go. Um... So uh, I'll just start off by saying thank you for meeting with, with us today, with me today. I've been looking forward to meeting you. Um, so I wanted to first start off by asking you, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to hang in there. I have my good days and I have my bad days. I bet, I bet. Um, so, tell me about, you know, how you felt when everything happened with Brandon. The, you know, um, I know you're absolutely 
We're back. <laughs> Thanks for holding in there. Um, it looks like we had some sort of a network blip of some kind, so that may have been contributing to that. So thanks to everyone who uh, stuck, who stood by. All right, guys, let's do this. Brenda's like, uh-uh, I ain't doing that today. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Okay. All right, so here we go. Um, so uh, I'll just start off by saying thank you for meeting with, with us today, with me today. I've been looking forward to meeting you. Um, so I wanted to first start off by asking you, how are you doing? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to hang in there. I have my good days and I have my bad days. Yeah. I bet, I bet. Um, so tell me about you know how you felt when everything happened with Brandon the you know um, I know you were absolutely devastated when that happened but can you kind of tell the story of how you found out because I understood they had come and told you at your house or? Uh, when it was uh, which I was uh, I wasn't I was not at my house I was at my boyfriend's house at the time and uh, the phone rang and uh, it was my stepdad on the phone and he said, Jackie, he said, he said, I need you to come on home. And I said, what's wrong? I could tell in his voice that something wasn't right. Mm -hmm. So he said, he said, please just come on home. I said, what is it? He said, Mr. Leon Williams just called me and said, that they found Brandon dead. And when he said that, all I could do was just drop the phone. Mm -hmm. I, I stood up and I was trying to find keys to call. And I was shaking and going on and I said, oh my God, I said, oh no, oh no. And so uh, my, stepdaughter, uh, my stepson, Dustin, he came and he said, come on. He said, he said, I'll drive you. And I said, okay. We got in. We got in the car, and and uh, we took off, and we got right there beside the uh, what is that that park right there off by by behind where Derek went is that? Wade's Wade's Park. We got right there at Wade's Park, and my sister and uh, her boyfriend they was coming down the street because they was already on their way to come get me too, and so I, we stopped the car and. My sister jumped out and ran to where I was at. I said, I said, I said, is it true? I said, please, I said, please don't tell me that. Please don't tell me that. I said, please tell me, is, is it true? And she said, Jackie, she said, all I know is Mr. Williams, Mr. Leon Williams come, called Papa and told him that Brandon was dead. And I just, I just lost it. I just lost it. When I got to the house, I was like in a state of shock. I was nervous. I was shaking. That's, that's the thing. The police did not come and tell me anything. So you didn't Mr. Williams had called. I did not know anything what had happened to myself until later that day is when um, it was uh, Stacy McNeil and there was another officer, and I can't remember his name, but he came and he said, Miss McClellan, he said, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, we found your son dead. 
And I just I just sit there on that porch and I just cried and cried and cried and I was shaking. So when they left, uh, I say it was about maybe a couple of hours later, uh, Shannon Finley and Ryan Crosley and this girl mm -hmm. jumped out of the truck. And they was walking up on the porch. I said, no. I said, y'all tell me what happened to my baby. What happened to my baby? Mm -hmm. And they said, this was Shannon's words. He said, I'm sorry. We got in a scuffle. That, and other than he said, and Brandon got out of the truck with us and started walking. And other than that, I didn't want, I didn't want to hear nothing else that they, they would, nothing else that they had to say. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh my God, I said, Lord, I said, why y'all, I kept asking, why y'all didn't bring my baby home to me? Please tell me. I said, many times he has looked after you, Ryan. Why you did not get my baby home? And you called Charles Ryan. Uh, Charles Crossley. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I see. I said he has looked out for you. I said why you didn't have why you didn't have his back like he had your back. And the only thing he could do was just hold his head down. He couldn't even look me straight in my face. Shannon Finley could not look me right in my face the whole time he was talking. And he said things just got out of hand and he just he just had his head down the whole time. But no explanation. No explanation, no out of hand. No, no, none of that. And and so, you know, and I'm going, come on now. The problem y'all go to Oklahoma and on the way back, if y'all have any car problems. Why not just come on back to Paris right. instead of turning off on this road? Right. My son didn't know nobody out there on that road where they was at. Mm -hmm. No. And then and that's what road. Right. And this uh that uh was it FM? I don't remember the action. I, I want to say twenty four ninety eight, but I may be wrong. But I I'll thirty four something. I, I don't think I did. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. but uh, why that road? to take you guys from there all the way to, to Pally. Uh, I mean, on through Denalis. Yes. He don't know nobody out there. But then, I, but then later on, you come to find out, uh, this this was like maybe a, a couple of months afterwards, they was telling me, somebody told me, said that uh, Shannon and Ryan had went out there and they went to this 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 trailer home of uh, something that was out there and they was going to rob they were going to, to rob they were going to rob and steal some stuff there my son didn't want to do it so that's when he got that's when he started walking mm -hmm. so although they claims they got into it because he was drunk and 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 Brandon didn't want him driving drunk. Right. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems that there may be another story to that. Okay, but this is what I cannot understand. Okay, well they said when the autopsy come back, Brandon did not have that much. He did. He did, He didn't have no no uh, no alcohol or in his system. Okay, another one maybe from one beer, but, uh, my, but he was he not, never got to the dead. point where he was intoxicated. He did not know where he was at. Never, never, never. But that's uh, what they have tried to portray, is it? Yeah, that's what they've tried and, to portray. Yeah. And this is something else that, that bothers me also. 
okay? When we was trying to, when we was get, trying to gather up information, we was hearing little bits and pieces from different people about what was going on, then, okay, well, they said, okay, well, he kept bumping him and bumping him and bumping him with right. the truck right. until he lost his balance. They ran over. Because, it's like they said, okay, after they ran over, uh, Ryan uh, got out of the truck and looked up under the truck and seen where they had ran on my son's head and he threw up. So, but none of this, None of, none of none of none of this none of that even come up in the papers. No, none of this. But I was hearing this from different people and stuff. You what know, about this pouring of beer over Brandon's body. Pouring beer all on yes, pouring so beer on my after so, so they better know right that, that that let me know right there and there. Y'all kill him and then y'all gonna take the beer and pour on him. Why and try to make it seem beer? like he was he was intoxicated. Like this. come on, no, 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 no. To me, it almost seems like an act of just meanness. It was. It really was. Acting out hatred. And I kept telling, I kept telling, uh, I kept telling my family, I kept telling everybody else. The only thing that they going to do is sweep this thing up under the rug. They going to lie, they going to, they, they going to, they going to switch things and they, and I'll be done if they did well, that's why we're here is to take it out from up under that rug and give it some more visibility. Yes. You know, because it's not acceptable for it to be swept under the rug. No. This is a, a, a dragging Jasper style, and they right. found DNA under that truck. Yes. Now, it could, I, if you can confirm for me, my understanding is that when the police went to Shannon, he originally sent them to a different truck. That he yes. was not driving that night. Right. And they tested it and didn't find they didn't anything. Find anything no. But then they found the actual truck. Mm -hmm. And it was in the weeds. Right. That's behind where his uh, at his uh, granddad's or something yes. in the country. But the thing of it is, before he even before that even happened, they took that truck to the car wash and washed that car down, washed that truck down real good. Because the morning that they came to my when they came when they came to my house and, and when they said things had just got out of hand, when they got ready to get back in that truck, I looked at that truck. That truck had has a big old dick in the in the hood part of that in that of that truck. Oh really? Yes. Huh. Yes. But did anyone take any pictures? They said that, uh, well, they said they did a, a thorough uh, investigation. They didn't do no thorough investigation. No, they did not. That truck had been washed off, drilled back there and everything. But, so. I, but my understanding is, and this is based off some court papers I read from 2013 when mm -hmm. Shannon and, and Ryan had the nerve to sue Lamar County. Yes. A lot of truth came out in because a lot of people were deposed for that lawsuit. Mm -hmm. And th my understanding from reading that is even the court said there was DNA evidence from Brandon found still under that truck even after they washed it under the undercarriage of it and, and then around the motor area. So there is See, DNA. And they never told me not none yes. of this. They have, they did, right to this day, they did not tell me the whole true story. Yes. They lied to me from the start. Uh, and when they had uh, Toby Shook, mm -hmm. now this is another thing that, that bothers me. 
Okay, now Tonga Ship was supposed to have been working uh, in my be, in my behalf That's too, right. but he ended up working with them too. How can if you represent me, how more can you represent them too? Which was no, what no what the reason why that was because he was looking at it, okay, which one am I gonna get the biggest payoff from? So he got the biggest payoff when he when he decided to decide with those boys because everything was everything was just nothing but a but a money deal. That's that's, that's what it is. And to me it's like this, okay. He just, he just another black person. No, that's the way it, that's the way it seemed like to me. That's the way they was trying to put it. Because all the black kids, all the black boys that has been killed here in Paris, Texas, that has been killed, they have not had a proper investigation. And I agree with you on that. And we are, we're going to expose that in a big way. It needs to be. Uh, because, you know, they don't always send people to get autopsies when they should. Right. And, and I can think of like five cases of that. Now they don't tell me they sent my son, but they sent my son's body all the way to Dallas. Mm, that's what for I For an autopsy. But yes. then when his, body, when his body came back, they sent him to, uh, what was that, Gene Rowan from home? I forget, but I think oh, so. It was uh, one of those, one of the, uh, I think it was the one that was over by uh, Dairy Point. Okay. That's what they sent my son back to before Max, before Max had even got him. So, now that's strange. That's very not right. Strange. And, okay, well, why? And that's what I mean. Now, I can tell you that 10 medical examiners in Dallas, mm -hmm. 10 doctors, signed an affidavit stating that this was clear-cut homicide. Okay. Ten. Mm -hmm. And um, we're very adamant to the authorities in Paris that this was murder, outright murder, right. the most cold-blooded murder that they had ever seen. Right. And this was ten doctors who signed this document. And okay. it is, it's in the court of law right now. So that so, is another piece of evidence that could have been used against these two men, if any prosecutor would have taken this to trial. Right. And I know Gary Young, and I'm going to go back to Gary Young here. So Gary Young apparently defended Shannon Finley previously on a, mm, on a previous yeah. murder charge. Yeah, on murder charge, yeah. Where he shot um, a man three times. He said it was accident. he accidentally shot uh, Mark Sneed in the head three times accident said he was shooting at a, a drug dealer now come on they never cut they never they never found a drug dealer they never even none of the drug dealers even got uh charged for even being around to even saying that they, they it, it was a drug deal gone bad none, none, none of this he killed that he killed Mark Sneed because Mark Sneed knew something on him and he did not want to tell him. He did something to my son, just thinking that that because of that night, he did something to my son to keep my son from telling Tell him something. Now some of them say that he was in with the uh, the, the white supremacists. Yes, from yes. Mm -hmm. I've heard that as well. Yes, and I, and I know there's a you know during that time Obama was getting elected. Mm -hmm. You know that caused a lot of uproar, right. and we've seen a lot of uptick in racist. Mm -hmm cases and then the Turner industry things were going yes, on and yes. Shaquana Cotton 
And, and you know, honestly, when you look at both cases, Mark Sneed and Brandon, mm -hmm. the MO is the same. Right. They're friends. They right. were friends. They were. Thought he was they friend, but thought. Yeah, and right. Shannon seems to have an anger problem. Yes, a, a drinking problem. problem. A drinking problem, yes. a drug problem. Right. And it seems to me that he killed his supposed friend right. the same way he did Mark Sneed. Mm -hmm. Now, do I think racism had anything to do with him actually committing the murder? Maybe not. Maybe not. I don't think so, but I think racism had a lot to do with what happened after. Right. Why he didn't go on trial. Right. Why so many things that should have happened yeah, didn't, didn't happen. happen. That's right. Was because of race. Right. So race did play a part yes. in that way. And I feel it did. I agree 100%. And, you know, and, um, and, and I am going to put a, a call for you uh, that I had with Springer because okay. I want you to hear it, okay. uh, what he said to me. And, um, you know, I just want to get your, your thoughts on it. Okay. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause this here because I've been recording uh, on, on this camera as well. Okay. And I'd like to play this for you and get your thoughts. It's about an eight-minute conversation, okay. and it's off the record. Okay. So um, let me get this for you. And he pretty much says what he believes and what the sheriff or the chief of police believes happens as well. So I thought that was quite interesting that, um, um, you know, when I asked, well, are you going to put an investigator on this, anything? And um, it, it, he said the sheriff, frankly, didn't want any of the trouble. About it. So I, 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 what I really want to know, what do I know that, that we're going to try to get back out there. What do I need to do? Because Lamar County <laughs> Police Department has, has done me dirty. They have. They have done me dirty. And I think that um, we can't depend on them mm -hmm. to do anything. We've got to force their hand. And um, that is my hope with this documentary. To be yes. completely honest, that's really, uh, when I was started this, I was only gonna do Brandon's case. Mm -hmm. um, and But it, I called Brenda, and the more I talked to Brenda, I realized this was a much bigger race, was a this much is bigger for, issue. This is for a, a lot of us mothers yes. that don't, that have not got justice for our kids. That's right. And, and people that are too afraid to speak out. And, you know, it's just, but, you know, we have to get some attention to this. Mm -hmm. This documentary is going to do that in a lot of ways. Okay. Uh, we want someone in a federal level to step in. Yes. And my God, if you can't find a district attorney who will charge these two men, because there's no statute of limitations on murder. Right. So, if you, you know, try them at a state level. Governor, can you do anything? Right. Um, we're going to reach out to all the, these people. All the evidence. With all the evidence. Right? I mean, exactly. With all of these people that, as far as doing the, the autopsy and all this kind ten of stuff. People signed. Ten people signed it? Yes. Ten people. I, was, I read, read it myself. And you I read the entire court. You know there's a messed up deal. Yeah, absolutely. All the way. Absolutely. It's. Um, it's, it's just unfortunate, uh, to say the least. Let's see, where's this? Uh, 
Besides, I want to play this here for you. This is it, I think. I'm working on, uh, let's see here, that was April 20th, I talked to him, it's a couple days ago actually, I will find it, I think this is it, yeah. Sheriff's office to do it. I mean, is, is 
true all time. Uh, I Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I'll tell you, I don't necessarily think 
But they got awarded, though, didn't they? Um, no, they, they lost. Oh, okay. Um, and deni denial of their civil rights or, or something of that effect. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people had to be deposed for this lawsuit, including Shannon Finley's wife at the time, mm -hmm. who admitted that Shannon had told her that he killed Brandon. Mm -hmm. um, who uh, there was about four other friends that Shannon and Ryan had admitted to this happening right, to right. Um, I've reached out to um, two of them. Did they um, speak with you? And one of them, he kind of wants to speak with me. It was just initial greetings. Mm -hmm. He's um, afraid to talk mm -hmm. and he's afraid, I don't know if it's because he's afraid of Shannon or if he's afraid of how he would be perceived. Um, I, I'm not sure which one. Um, but I'm not done with him yet. Probably scared to say anything because he thinks I'm going to have to end that. Yeah. Because he is one of the ones that is mainly listed as someone who has had a lot of confrontation with Shannon. Right. So he was a perfect person for me to reach out to. Okay. So I'm not done with him yet, and I'll keep reaching out. Okay. Um, because, you know, there comes a time we've got to let stuff so off our conscience. That's true. we got to let this stuff go. Right. What, what are you holding on to it for? Right. Um, what does he benefit you? He's in prison. Right. Um, so that's, I really hope he will talk to me, you know, and, right. um, so I'm just giving them a little time. It's been about maybe five or six days since we last talked on Facebook. Right. And I'll reach out to them again soon. And okay. just, to, you know, you just have to approach it in different ways. And okay. I'm going to have to approach it in a soft way. Okay. Um, but, you know, I I have been calling them all week. And, you know, it had been talking to Brenda every day. Right, right. You know, and calling them. And she would help me, you know, guide me right. on how to call. Right. And, um, when I finally got him to talk to me, when he when he said off the record, mm -hmm. I knew he was about to tell me something. Right, right. And then when he said it again, I knew, you know, he, he was going to say something, something even more. Mm -hmm. But when he said, uh, 
the facts came out. There was a 2013 lawsuit. I knew exactly the lawsuit and the facts he was speaking of. Right. And it, it just confirmed everybody. Yeah, right. exactly. You know, just how much. crooked they really are. And it's yes. lazy to me. And I don't even see why they would be elected or in those positions if you've got evidence, DNA, mm -hmm. medical exam, Same. autopsy reports, all this evidence, right. and you can't try a man that's been convicted of multiple felonies right. and murder before. Right. Uh, you can't try when you he should have never been let out no. when he killed when he killed Mouse no. Need. He should have never been freed. And I, and you know, um, I thought about Mark Sneed and his family. I don't right. know who they are. They, they need black, justice. They white. Okay. They needed justice too. I mean, either way you look at it, they're still not white. Okay, you done took out one Two white people. and one black. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So something, yeah, some, something has to be done about this. I mean, exactly. they should never be able to be able to walk around free no, no more. And the unfortunate thing is Shannon's still young. Yes. And, you know, 17 years, <coughs> you know, you get out on the road. Yeah, be out on the road. I mean, so the goal is to put some pressure. It's time to apply some serious. Yes serious pressure. Yes. Um, you know, I know the, the White House, I know Obama did. He said if you could get so many signatures um, at the White House, mm -hmm. he would make that action or request happen. Um, so I'm, we're going to look into that. I know Brendan knows Somebody a lot about petitions. Get, get, some, yeah. get some people to sign a petition, but then oh, just, like I said, there's a bunch of people. But unfortunately, we have Trump now. Yeah. yeah. So that may have changed. You know, one thing though that, which is actually a relief to hear Springer say, say that, that yeah. it happened the way we always said it. it. Yeah. But yeah. on the other hand, it really makes me mad because Jeff Springer is one of the ones that's always getting somebody prosecuted for drugs, drugs. a little bit of, with no evidence. So look at, uh, uh, Keon Mitchell. Keon Mitchell. Right. He got life plus five. five. Yeah. Yeah. And you know whose testimony helped get him get that? Jeff Springer. Jeff Springer. Jeff Springer. So and there was no evidence whatsoever other than somebody saying something. Right. But you have all of this evidence with Brandon and Yes. Would you allow? Huh? Would you allow? No, uh-uh. Uh, I can take it. They, we almost done. I'll take it in a few minutes. Okay, okay that's all. Okay. Yeah, they. Yeah, but we, they have they have way more evidence regarding Brandon oh, than I they had with Kim. Right. And so Absolutely. for Jeff Springer to say, I know he did it, but he never said it publicly. No. Never. Never. Because the sheriff doesn't want the NAACP back down or the you know he doesn't want any public you know he doesn't want any publicization of this case again because of what happened last time. Well they need to do it again this time. Yeah because you know you had the Chicago we had everybody down here. Newsweek, CNN, all of them were down here. Yeah. But they need to put the pressure on, not only just for my child, 
But for Mark's everyone else. But for them, especially them four boys that got killed in that house. That I agree. Mark's Leeds family, they never publicly said nothing. Yeah, they didn't say anything. I've often wondered if I should reach out to them, but. You know, I don't know how they feel about things, and you don't know if they would be willing to talk, but you never know unless you ask. That's right. So I, I'm going to, you know, send it if they already have Facebook, I'm going to reach out. But I don't know the mother or father's name or the, any family. That I don't know neither. There can't be too many Sneeds in right. Lamar County. Right. So um, somebody will know somebody. Yeah. It's easy to find out the parent's name. All you got to do is look up. The, the Lamar County Cemetery mm. records are online. Oh, you just look at the cemetery record and there, or, or find the grave. Uh, ah, yes. See, I can find it right See? Right. Okay. She's going to be credited on this documentary because without Brenda, I would not be able to do this documentary. Wow. Um, and she's been able to, to, to really help guide me. Wow. So this is part of her doing too. I appreciate it. You know, yes, Lord. And, and we've not forgotten you. Thank you. Um, at all. Thank I mean, you. here it is 2017. Yeah. Um, and, and I remember that first video I did, I, I swear I spent six hours writing what I was going to say. Right. Um, now I'll just talk. Right. I'm more comfortable <laughs> now, but um, that, that case has always meant so much to me. And I it did go out there with you know, with Jesse Muhammad. And right. We went right. out there and, and, you know, where it happened. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just, um, I always look, I've looked at pictures of you during that time. And um, all you see is just your, your heart broken in right. your face. You right. Know? And um, it just, um, it's really an honor to meet you, to be honest, and uh, to have your blessing to, to, to do this and, and to try to fight for justice for Brandon, although, you know, um, I didn't know him. Right. It's it just, it, it, it has to, something has to be done. And if we have to figure out what government officials that we reach out to, right. if we have to write a letter a day, right. um, I don't care what we have to do. If we have to, to walk around and get people to sign right. something, well, I don't care. Right. Um, right. We need, this case prosecuted. Yes. They have more than enough evidence. Right. And I'm hoping they've not thrown it away or done something with it. That's my yeah. hope. Um, you know what they did? Um, That's my hope. What they we, say. we contacted, this has been a while back, of course, Toby Shipp. Mm -hmm. Ask him was it, uh, was it an open murder investigation? He said it was. Yes. But he said he had no records. He said they were in Lamar County. But when you had your civil trial, mm -hmm. if you recall, both Gary Young and, and um, Bill Harris, who right, was, was a judge now, he mm -hmm. was assistant DA, signed affidavit swearing that they had no records. No records, right. And you tell me, how that? can they not have records? Why? And if, just like I said, they went, 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 once, the, once everything died down, they feel like, okay, it's over with, you know? And it's like, where would the but, records possibly go? I know Dallas County. Somebody's got records. a record. Somebody Dallas got County records. Does. Yes, somebody got records. Yes. Yeah, and, and I say uh, that ain't no records nowhere around because I know it's got yeah, to be. Dallas County has it, and I think Dallas County will probably be um, 
a good place to start to ask for that because mm -hmm. ten med those ten medical examiners signing that in the statements that I read because mm -hmm. I read the entire um, case law and right. the findings and they were absolutely disgusted at what had happened mm -hmm. and it was evident not only in ten of them signing it which mm -hmm. is unusual but they each left statements about it and that it was the worst thing they'd ever seen mm -hmm. um, and that m murder this is a homicide clear-cut homicide uh, was the last part is said that so you have no you have no well, what I'm going to do is, no, but I'm going to reach out to the Dallas uh, Medical Examiner's Office, because that's considered public. Yeah, it's autopsy. You have the autopsy. Okay. So there may be those 10 signatures on that autopsy report, so we'll look at it. Okay. And see, and that's a great start. We get those records, mm -hmm. and, you know, we start asking around, and there's plenty of um, people I talk to, because I do, like, investigative yes. journalism. Yes especially on murder cases yes. and things. And there's a lot of people that can provide direction on what to do. Who would you contact in a case where a county doesn't want to prosecute? Yes. And then at least the federal people could have picked up a violation of civil rights right. case or right. something. Right. Right. Uh, but nothing um, has been done. So um, it's just the beginning. Okay. of trying to right, right. resurrect this and reinvigorate this. Okay. And um, I wanted to share that okay. call with you and be with you because I wanted you know, to at least provide you some sort of closure to the fact that you knew what happened right. that night. You heard the police's own words. All from his words. All from his own. Now, that's it. Yep. Now, I, and, and, and now I know, you know, mm -hmm. now I know. Because mm -hmm. I, I bet, I mean, I had that, you can ask Brenda, I went from being okay to just about giving up on myself, yeah. life period. Yeah. Uh, I ended up, uh, I done had two strokes. Uh, this is the uh, third one. And they had to go in and uh, see that I had any clogged arteries to my heart, but thank God I didn't. Right. On, on this, I didn't know this, but once you start having them, it's like you're more uh, susceptible to. All right, everyone. So, listen. I know that that is a pretty a pretty long clip. Um, I fully, fully understand that. But the gems, okay, that were being dropped within that clip. Um, and, you know, it's amazing. And listen, I, I really, 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 I want to get to what happened um, and we know what happened, but what I mean by that is uh, to the friends of Shannon Finley, to the friends of Charles Crossley even, to the, those that knew Brandon and knew their relationship between Shannon and Brandon, because remember, Brandon and Shannon, okay, both went to prison, right? Brandon lied for Shannon and caught a perjury charge. 
and went to prison. Okay, now, if you pay close attention to what Officer Springer said, okay, and I know it was off the record, okay, but here's the deal. This woman was lying on her deathbed, and she deserved to know what happened to her son. And the police believe, just like he killed Matt Sneed or Mark Sneed four years prior, shot him in the head three times inside of a truck after they had been out partying and drinking all night, okay? And then four years later, I mean, all of a sudden he's out of jail, and then Brandon McClellan, they're out drinking late at night, going to Hugo, get some beer, coming in back into Texas, and Brandon McClellan ends up getting ran over, dragged. There was no brain material left inside of his skull. In my opinion, and this is all alleged, of course, because right now Shannon Finley is doing a 17-year prison sentence on a DWI. But I'm telling you, my opinion is that Shannon Finley is a serial killer, a what I would consider a spree serial killer. And there is a difference, okay? Now, when all of this happened, okay, there was, um, let me do a search real quick. Let's take a look and see what other YouTubers have out there. I see there's a few other YouTubers that have published on this. I'd love to connect with you all because I do have um, connections to people uh, in the Brandon McClellan family as well as with those that were intimately involved when this situation happened. Um, so, but again... Mark Sneed is killed, shot in the head. And then four years later, Brandon McClellan ran over, okay? Now, spree killer, okay? A spree serial killer. It's a real thing. And I'd like to explain what a spree serial killer is. A spree killer is someone who commits a criminal act that involves two or more murders or homicides in a short time in multiple locations. The U.S. Bureau of Justice Statistics defines a spree killing as killings at two or more locations with almost no time break between murder. Now that's spree killings. What I'm talking about is a spree killer. Someone who perpetrates murders on people. Four years is not that long of a space of time, and we don't know what else, you know, Shannon Finley may or may not have done during this time. But it was an honor, Dolly. It was an absolute honor to be able to, uh, th again, shout out to Brenda Cherry. Um, matter of fact, um, let, me, uh, let me introduce you to Brenda. I know I've talked about her on this channel before uh brenda cherry is uh, an american activist uh she does have a wiki 
Um, I'll bring that wiki up. Um, she is an American civil rights activist out of Paris, Texas. She's the president and co-founder of Concerned Citizens for Racial Equality, a nonprofit civil rights organization located out in Paris, Texas. Um, founded in 2003, CCFRE co-sponsored events with the U.S. Department of Justice, Lone Star Legal Aid, and the American Civil Liberties Unit. Now, um, she grew up in Blossom, Texas. Okay. Um, uh, some of the other, th okay. So this is really what I, I want to talk about is her activism, but uh, Brenda grew up in Blossom. Her father, Zeb Reynolds was a farmer. Her mother, Irene was a domestic worker. She began school at TG Givens, which was then a segregated school in Paris, Texas. And I don't know if many of you know this, um, but, um, Oh, hi, Amy. Hi. Ryan is your cousin. Ryan meaning Charles? Um, and so I don't know if many of you know this, but although desegregation was something that was, you know, signed into law, Texas schools did not actually desegregate, okay? There, there were still, okay, my ex-husband, okay, still was going to was in segregated school in in his early years i believe uh elementary um basically but it, there's people just a generation or two above me that uh blacks went to one school whites went to the other right um she had to be bused 10 miles to the school even though there was a local school district in the town where she lived um, after the schools were forced to integrate, she attended the formerly whites-only school in Blossom. Cherry graduated from Prairie Land High School in Pattonville, Texas. She went on to attend Paris Junior College and East Texas State University. Cherry worked as a licensed vocational nurse for nine years before becoming a civil rights activist. Cherry has two daughters, Shancia Cherry and Tiffany Cherry, and one son, Rico Lewis, and they are all very, very uh, nice people. Um, now, let's talk about Brenda's activism, okay? Okay, so back, um, uh, let's talk about the schoolyard assault, okay? On October 23rd, 2003, 11-year-old black student was reportedly attacked by a principal at Crockett Middle School in Paris, Texas. The child was removed from the school, sent to a detention center. Brenda, along with a small group of people, including the child's mother and grandfather, staged a protest in front of the school. During the protest, the child was released from the detention center. Okay, now this event marked the beginning of several future protest demonstrations in town. Now, the case she is most, um, that she got on my uh, radar, okay, uh, I'm talking big time radar, was the case of Shaquanda Cotton. Now, Shaquanda Cotton, a uh, black uh, student at Paris High School. I used to go to Paris High School. <laughs> Matter of fact, I played band uh, two years there, trumpet player and saxophone player here. A uh, little bit of drums too, percussion. But um, man, we used to have the funnest times in the marching band in Paris, and I, I had solos and everything. But that's, uh, again, Shaquanda was a student at uh, Paris High School, right? And back uh, on March 16th, 2006, 
She was only now Shaquanda was only 14 years old when this happened. She was arrested for allegedly shoving a school hall monitor. Now, Shaquanda had no prior criminal history. Not only was Shaquanda tried and sentenced, uh, tried for this crime, she was sentenced to seven years, okay, in the Texas Youth Commission. Now, listen to me very clearly. I need everyone that ever hears this live stream to understand something. In Red River County, Lamar County, Grayson County, other counties surrounding that, the smaller counties in Texas, okay? If you are black or Latino or you are darker than pale white, okay, I have seen so many people be literally thrown into the system and literally thrown away and like locked up and the key literally is thrown away again. I have a classmate doing 99 years in prison right now for hitting a man with a vacuum cleaner. Okay. And I have seen these judges in these small counties give out 50, 60, 70, 80 years like they're giving out snick, you know what I'm saying? Snicker bars or some shit. Okay. Shaquana got seven years in this Texas youth commission. Okay. Now, but here's the thing during the same exact time, this same, uh, uh, judge in, uh, this case, Chuck Superville sentenced a white 14 year old girl who had a prior criminal history. Okay, so Shaquanda didn't even have a prior criminal history. This 14-year-old, same age, white girl had a prior criminal history uh, to probation after committing the confirmed crime of arson. Okay, now writer Darwin Campbell with African American News and Issues broke the story, which garnered attention to Cotton sentencing. After serving a year and one month in prison, the Chicago Tribune story written by Howard Witt, again, shout out to Howard Witt. Howard Witt has kept special attention on Paris, Texas, and we really do appreciate that, okay? Um, And again, he writes for the Chicago Tribune, but his article led to the case getting national exposure, A large protest then led by comedian Ricky Smiley was held at the Lamar County Courthouse in Paris, Texas. Approximately two weeks after the Tribune article and protest, Shaquanda was released. Okay. Now, Brenda Cherry was then interviewed by the BBC regarding Shaquanda Cotton, and the case was included in a BBC documentary by United Kingdom reporter Julian O'Halloran. Now, this, okay, is, there's Brenda, okay, that's Brenda with Shaquanda Cotton, Erica Badu, and Criola Cotton, okay. Now, you see the case here of Brandon McClellan, okay, we've been talking about that case for the last two hours, obviously, she has been instrumental in this case, okay, now, um, again, Uh, His body was found partially dismembered and mutilated uh, approximately 17 miles from his home. The local newspaper, the Paris News, reported the death as a hit and run by an unknown truck. Due to the activism of Cherry and the concerned citizens for racial equality, again, this case gained national attention. Now, 
after dispute about whether McClellan was dragged under the truck or behind it and while awaiting autopsy reports, USA Today interviewed Cherry. Authorities have not seriously considered the possibility that this was a hate crime. There's a problem in Paris, Texas. I don't see a difference in getting dragged behind a truck and getting dragged under a truck. Further investigation revealed that McClellan was last seen alive with two Caucasian men, Shannon Finley and Charles Crossley, both of whom have had extensive criminal history. Anderson Cooper 360 reported that the two men were charged with killing McClellan and then both subsequently pled not guilty. Special Prosecutor Toby Shook cited lack of evidence to the case and the murder charges were dropped in June 2009, the two men were released. CPS News quoted Cherry saying, quote, his body was dragged and nobody gets charged. Even if a trucker came forward, that's all it takes. Even the trucker's not charged. If you hit someone, you don't get charged. Nobody gets charged with this. Again, uh, let's keep in mind that human tissue, blood, brain matter uh, that matched uh, Brandon's DNA was found under the truck, the Toyota Tundra, that Shannon Finley tried to hide on his father's property. Okay, let's keep making sure that that is, is mentioned, okay? Now, multiple protests have been led by Cherry along with Jim Blackwell and the new Black Panther Party. And this case remains an open murder investigation, but... Again, as you heard on the tape I just played, the police, Paris police, told me that this case is closed. Now, this is a rally that was held for Brandon McClellan in Paris, Texas. Then we've got Brandarian Thomas, a 14-year-old black student at Travis Junior High School in Paris. In June 2008, police handcuffed and arrested Thomas at his home for allegedly touching a female student's button crotch in class. He denied the accusations. Thomas's mother contacted Cherry, who convinced her to take the case to trial rather than to accept a plea deal. Okay. Um, so, I mean, again, um, it looks like uh, he was 14. You're going to ruin his life because you can't make him plead guilty. So, again, look at this. I mean, there's the list goes on and on. Okay, now, here's another case that I've actually worked with Brenda on. Um, this one here uh, with Turner Industry, uh, but not the one in Louisiana, the one in Texas. Um, we're talking about nooses being found in bathrooms, okay? We're talking about a lot of racist-type stuff being found and, and it's not even just Turner, uh, Campbell soup and, and some of the other big, larger factories down there in Paris, which is really the heart of the economy there. Okay. Um, now, um, I want to tell you at least about this. Aaron Hart was 18 years old when he was arrested and charged with sexual assault. Hart has an intellectual disability and an IQ of 47. Hart had been playing with a five-year-old child, and they exposed and touched each other's private parts. At trial, Hart's court-appointed attorney called no witnesses on his behalf and failed to obtain an independent doctor for a competency hearing. 
Judge Eric Clifford sentenced Hart to 100 years in prison on June the 10th of 2009, claiming that he had no other choice. Within the same time frame, Clifford had sentenced a defendant charged with the same offense and without a disability to four years in prison. Hart was allegedly sexually assaulted while awaiting trial in Lamar County Jail. Cherry and her organization advocated on Hart's behalf. Numerous protest marches were held, led by CCFRE and Jim Blackwell of the Tarrant County Local Organizing Committee. This case gained national attention. Quote, this is just horrible, stated Cherry in a Los Angeles Times article after Judge Clifford made his ruling. How could the judge not take his mental ability into consideration? Hart was given a new trial on appeal. Hart ultimately accepted a plea deal and was sentenced to 10 years in prison where he remains, down from 100 years. It's crazy because you got a a white defendant who gets four years in prison for the same exact charge and he has no disability, but the black man gets 100 years in prison and he has an actual disability with an IQ of 47. This is what goes on in Lamar County and in Red River County. And this is what I've been trying to expose to the world for years. All you got to do is go to leaky.com. And there's so many articles there that I've written over the years um, in which I've talked about the racism, you know, that happens down there. Um, so anyway, um, You know, this story uh, in regards to um, Brandon McClellan, um, you know, I I hope there will be justice one day. And I don't know if justice is going to come from mankind or if God will enact his justice, his form of justice slash karma. So again, listen, um, I I know we've been going for two hours and 15 minutes. I did not expect for this to uh, go so long. So, uh, you know, uh, what I'm going to do is uh, it won't I ain't promising tonight, but I will uh, break this up into probably at least three different parts. Um, And uh, I will make some highlight reels as well from this particular um, video because there's just so much going on. And I also want to reinforce, um, if you have any information on the murder of Brandon McClellan or or no Shannon, even if you just know Shannon Finley or Charles Crossley and, and you can, you know, talk to me anonymously uh, just about, you know, uh, just talk to me. Like, you know, we met at a bus stop somewhere. Um, I promise uh, all tips are and sources uh, will stay confidential. Um, and I will in no way uh, out your identity. And so uh, consider me like uh, a priest, okay, um, with the curtain up, okay? I can't see you. You can't see me, <laughs> Um, But I also want to extend that out to the many unsolved murders that have happened in Lamar County. Last time I checked, there was over 30 unsolved murders in Lamar County from 2020 to 2021. Um, And so if there's any information that you may have 
regarding any unsolved murder cases, whether they're in Lamar or Red River County uh, or subsequent counties here in the state of Texas. Um, but mostly um, I focus on Lamar and Red River because those, you know, I know those areas like the back of my hand, right? Um, please reach out to me. Uh, we can get the word out, and I do have the platform to do that. So, uh, again, I want to thank everybody who came through, um, you know, to the platform uh, today and, um, you know, came to listen uh, in to the story. And I really do appreciate uh, each and every one of you. Thank you so much to everyone in your comments. I really do appreciate it. Um, Amy, if you're referring to Charles uh, Ryan, um, you know, uh, please um, reach out. Um, my email address, tips at leaky.com. I do check the mailbox once per day. And, um, you know, I, uh, I really look forward. I hope to hear from, from some people. Um, also, if there's any case uh, in which you have a family member or a friend who has went missing or um, a murder case that is unsolved, uh, and you have, you know, and you want to bring that to the forefront, please reach out to tips at leakyou.com. Um, and uh, basically, I mean, we're not, we are sleuthers, okay? We are a, a community of sleuthers. Um, I retired the word sleuthettes because, it, you know, sleuther is a sleuther, whether you're man, male or female, right? We are a community of web sleuthers. We target crimes and investigation. Um, we've been doing this for many, many years. Uh, my first uh, crimes and justice blog was over 15 years ago um, when it used to be just written form. And now I do all of my vlogging on a video form. So um, we have uh, several different platforms that we can utilize all across the internet all you got to do is just dogpile search or google search leak you and you'll definitely find me but um you know we are open uh to uh you know hearing your story and um i just want to say thanks to all of my moderators so i want to thank uh, also give a special shout out and thanks to everyone in the leak you community uh, there's a lot of you that come through, check regularly, you know, hang out with me. I just want to say thank you, guys. I appreciate you. You are the type of supporters that I enjoy, um, you know, more so than the messy, the messiness, right, that, that comes with this thing called the Internet. So anyway, um, again, thanks to everybody who came through. And again, when, um, you know, when you get a chance, actually hold that thought for just one second. Let me check one thing really quick. Just want to check one thing really quick before Brandon, we get Big out. Brandon Big Boy McClellan, CA, 1984-1985, September. All right, never mind. That was something else. Um, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. All right, guys. Um, much love, everybody. I appreciate all of you, and y'all have a good day. Um, and uh, again, the uh, tips at leakyou.com if you got any info that you want to send my way. Until next time.
Oh, don't forget, guys, share the video, please, if you don't mind. Tell somebody about the video. Share the video. And uh, there will be a, a new video coming up soon regarding our, our merch uh, that we are producing at the time, at the moment. So share the video. Thanks, guys. <laughs>